Hi, ladies. This is Dr. Melissa Rich, and you are listening to the Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. This is the first episode of what I hope will be many of the podcast, Taking Care of Your Temple. This podcast is designed to help women improve their health in all areas, emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. And every time I say that, I will probably say it in a different order. It just kind of comes out however I'm thinking of it. They're all important. So that is what I am shooting for. And I'm going to tell you this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself to kind of establish the foundation of what it is that I am trying to do. I was born the oldest of five children and uh, obviously still am. And because of that, I am very good at telling people what to do. We all have our gifts, right? Um, I just got back from beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia for Thanksgiving with about 25 family members. I have a lot of nieces and nephews and now great nieces and great nephews. And um, a lot of the family was there. Williamsburg was beautiful. I've never been there before. It was cold, but it was gorgeous. Fall is my very favorite season. So it was just amazing. All the trees with all the leaves and my whole family, we were just so impressed by how gorgeous it was. And people kept saying, oh, you should have been here two weeks ago. That's when it was really good. And to us, it looked amazing right then. But um, it was good. So again, big family that I'm close to. I was a PK and an MK. And to those of you who don't know what that means, that means I was a preacher's kid and a missionary's kid. My parents were in ministry. They met right before my dad went into seminary. So uh, I grew up in Latin America, y todavía hablo un poquito de español. I still speak a little bit of Spanish. Um, I have a PhD in family therapy. I was a family therapist for about 24 years, and I spent 25 years in Oklahoma. I've lived in Waco, Texas. That's where we are broadcasting from for about the past eight years, and I currently own and operate Waco Hypnosis Center. I use hypnosis to help people make changes that they are wanting to make in their lives, such as lose weight, which I have used that myself. We'll talk more about that later. Anxiety reduction, which is huge nowadays, especially after COVID. Stop smoking, improve different types of sports performance, pain management, improve sleep, just all kinds of things, really in order to help them be healthier. That is what I use hypnosis for. My very favorite thing to do is faith-based hypnosis, and that is getting the client into a really relaxed trance state. I'll be explaining probably another podcast more what a trance state is, and then putting God's Word into them. They are really receptive. They're very relaxed, and it is just a transformative thing. I love doing it. So I was married for 32 years, and I currently have two grown sons, a beautiful daughter-in-law, and an amazing grandson, Charlie James. Um, I was widowed in 2011. My late husband, Ed, was a dentist. When uh, we were in Williamsburg, I got to spend a lot of time with Charlie and my other son. I have one son, David, who lives here in Waco. And Josh, Carrie, and Charlie all live in Tulsa, so I don't get to see them as much as I would like. So when we were in Williamsburg, since Charlie's a year and a half, he had to be in a car seat. And my favorite thing, hands down, the whole time, 
we were there like three or four days, was when we would be driving somewhere in the car. David and Josh would be in the front seat. Carrie and I were in the back, and I was squished in between Carrie and Charlie's car seat. So I would have 30 or 40 minutes of just playing with Charlie because he was right there and I could look at him and we'd have these one and a half year old conversations. I had no idea what we were saying, but it was so fun. It was just so great because like I said, I just don't get to spend nearly as much time with him as I would like. So that was, that was really fun. Um, what else can I tell you? At Waco Hypnosis Center, I specialize in anxiety, helping people really reduce anxiety. It's a huge problem. I mean, people who don't suffer for it, from it, and if you do not, be very, very thankful that you don't. It can be absolutely debilitating. And one of the reasons that I ended up specializing in this is because my late husband, Ed, suffered horribly from it while he was alive. And I was never able to really help him very much. I wasn't doing very much hypnosis then. Um, and really to him, I was more his wife and not a therapist or a specialist, which is common, that happens. And so because of that, I saw firsthand how devastating the effects of anxiety could be. And let me just say, it, it can be destructive. Ed was a strong Christian, but like a lot of people out there, he had a lot of baggage. I mean, so many of us do. His parents divorced when he was really young, and because he was the oldest, he really caught the brunt of it. At times, he suffered from depression, and in a psychological field, depression and anxiety are often what they call comorbid. They go together. If you have one, a lot of times you have the other. It's a very common thing. So he was constantly worried and stressed. He had self-esteem issues. He would have devastating panic attacks where he would just be shaking and, and just having all these physical reactions. He had horrible insomnia, and he kind of went through life just waiting for the other shoe to drop. He just knew that something bad was coming. It was a horrible way to live. And to me, the saddest thing about all of that is that he was so seldom able to be happy. He just was not really able to enjoy his life. Even knowing that God loved him and complete, had completely accepted him, he spent so much of his time miserable, totally stressed, and just really, really unhappy. And it was like there was this dark cloud hovering over our house. So this gave me a much better knowledge of anxiety that honestly I had ever wanted I am a very even-keeled person, and I, I lean mostly toward the positive. I am definitely a glass, glass is half full kind of person, and if it's not that full, we can get it there. That's just really much more my temperament. So this was really difficult for me to live with, especially because there was just very little that I could do to help him, even though I did try. One of the things that I like most about being a Christian is that God does not waste things. Even some of the most horrible things that we go through, if we will give them to Him, He can still use them, thank goodness, because honestly, you don't want all that to be for nothing, or at least I don't. So God really has used my experience with Ed and all that He went through to really help clients, to be able to relate to clients who have anxiety, to understand how it's impacting them and their families. It's not just an individual issue. It is definitely a family issue. It affects their coworkers. I mean, it, it, 
it just is kind of like this octopus that just affects everything about it. I was lucky and blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My parents are both strong, committed believers. They introduced us to God practically at birth. I mean, we literally grew up in the church. My dad baptized all of us when we were old enough to accept God's amazing gift of salvation. And sometimes I think about what my life would have been like if I had not become a Christian at the age of seven, the way I did. And ladies, it would not have been good. I'm 65 now. God is still working on me to smooth out some of the rough spots because some of us take a while (laughs) to get there. So I have been feeling God leading me to start a podcast for the past year. I am not totally sure about the technical aspects of doing this. Thank goodness for a good recording studio. But I've realized that it was time to take a deep breath and in spite of doubts and uncertainties, just jump in and get going. So let's talk about what I'm hoping this podcast will be about. But before we do that, I wanted to give you a little bit of background. I want to start every session with a prayer. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Lord, I just want to lift up this time to you. I thank you so much for bringing me to this place And I thank you for the experiences that you have put me through. I'm asking that I will be able to help other people because of them. I'm asking your blessing on this podcast, that you will send it out far and wide, that it will help people really improve their lives and help them to draw closer to you. Amen. So on this podcast, sometimes I will have guests. Other times it will be just me. My goal is to do this weekly and to really do with this podcast, what I do with my hypnosis clients and what I did with my counseling clients, and that is to really help equip you with some good tools and some tips that will help you feel and function better. That is my goal. So the objective of this podcast is to help women connect with God regularly, to use His grace, power, and strength to improve their physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental health. And I probably did that in a different order than I said last time, but whatever. So we do this by, I've got, let me look and see what I wrote down. Yes, I've got four things. These can change. I mean, you know, life is not static. So over time, these could change. But for now, these are the four things that I feel are going to help us do that. One is to keep our focus on God. The example that I always think of is during this big storm, Jesus is walking on the waves to the boat where his disciples are in. They are terrified when they see him. I mean, you can understand why, right? Here's this guy just walking on the water. It would be pretty scary. Well, Peter sees it, and being Peter, and I love Peter, he just jumps in. He says, Lord, that's so cool. I want to do that. Can I walk to you? And Jesus said, yeah, come on. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water toward Jesus. However, It's the middle of a big storm. Thunder, lightning, wind, waves, big, big waves all around us, around them, well, around us too at times. Peter starts looking at the waves. He looks down. He sees, I am standing on freaking water. Oh my gosh. And he gets scared and he starts sinking. Now, the good news is Jesus was right there. He immediately grabbed Peter, pulled him up, and they got back into the boat. But I think that that happens to us a lot as well. It is so easy 
to focus on the distractions, on all the scary, frightening things that are happening around us. I've done it. And I have to keep pulling my focus back to God. No, the, I, I'm I'm focusing on this. This is what God wants me to do. I'm I'm keeping my focus there. And that is something that we need to do. And again, it is a process. It's not a do it one time and you're set. Boy, that would be easy. Doesn't work that way. So keeping our focus on God is the first thing. The second thing, acknowledging that we are not enough on our own. We are not smart enough, strong enough, capable enough, or anything else enough by ourselves. And the good news is that we do not have to be. God wants us to ask for his help in every area of our lives, and he is just waiting to give it. And this is an absolutely amazing concept. Imagine for just a minute, to kind of help put this in perspective, that you are in Washington, D.C., you're taking a tour of the White House, okay? You're walking with a tour group. Well, the president suddenly pops up, and he or she could be at that time, walks over to you and says, hey, I didn't know you were here. Here, come with me. Let's go talk. And you're like, okay. And so the president leads you off into this private office and is just connecting with you, asking you how you've been, how things are going. Um, And then just starts to tell you, look, Melissa, I'll use me for an example. If you need anything at any time, no matter where you are, what's going on, here's my number. You call me. I will be there for you. Now, it takes a lot of imagination to picture the president of the United States actually doing that for us, right? Uh, It's a pretty uh, mind-blowing thing. Well, it's not the president of the United States who's doing that. It's the creator of the universe who's told us, call me, talk to me. I'll help you. Let me know. We just have to ask for it. And he is there to provide that for us. So a lot of times I can get overwhelmed thinking about what's going to go into things that I have to do, like this podcast, because I have never done anything like this before, ever. And it can be overwhelming. I can start panicking a little bit. And then I have to remember that even though I don't know how to do this, God does. All I have to do is take the next step that He leads me to. So that's what I'm doing, along with some deep breathing here and there. So that's the second thing. Remembering that, I have to look at the second step, acknowledging that we are not enough on our own. Third step, remembering it is about progress, not perfection. I will say, I got this from my son. He has it on his screensaver on his phone, and I just think it is so good. Our objective should be to continually check in with God and make sure that we're moving in the right direction. When, and this is, I pray this a lot. I say, Lord, when I make a mistake, because I know that I will, help me to know it quickly. I don't want to be, you know, three miles into the mistake. I want to know in the first few feet that I've made a mistake. So help me to be aware of it, to acknowledge, to make amends if necessary, if possible, to learn from the mistake. I hate to waste things. I don't know about you ladies, but if I'm going to go through something bad, I at least want to learn something from it. So learn something from it. Then here's a big one for a lot of us. Let it go. Don't just keep beating yourself up over a mistake. God doesn't do that. 
When we ask for his forgiveness, he gives it freely. We need to give that to ourselves. So let it go and then move on. Keep going. Don't get stuck. A lot of people out there, and this tends to go with anxiety, suffer from perfectionism. And I say suffer from because I mean that. Perfection is an illusion. And if we are always trying to be perfect, oh my goodness, we are wasting so much time and energy. It's not possible. So again, it's about progress, not perfection. Fourth and final step, we need to work on consciously changing our thoughts. And this is a big thing that I do with hypnosis clients. Our thoughts affect everything in our lives, the messages that we give ourselves. It affects how we act, how we feel, and how we connect with God. Our thoughts are powerful, and they're leading us in different directions anyway, so we might as well choose the direction. And ladies, I know how very powerful our thoughts can be firsthand because I'm currently about 70 pounds lighter than I was at my heaviest. I say about 70 pounds because at my very heaviest, I refused to step on a scale. I did not want to know. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. So I finally realized, okay, I need to do this. I need to figure out where I am. I waited until I had gone down a little bit, and I could tell because my clothes were a little bit looser. And I finally and very reluctantly weighed myself. The dial went to 199, and I was absolutely horrified. My first thought was, 199? Oh my gosh, one more pound. And on the doctor's scale, they have to push another little weight on the little arm because you're in the 200s, which makes no sense, but that really was my first thought. So since I wasn't at my peak when I checked my weight, I'm confident I was at least about 205. Currently, I stay between 133 and 136, and I feel so much better. I am healthier and move better now than I did 15, 20, 25 years ago. I mean, there's no question. My weight loss journey started, whatever it was, 15, 20 years ago, and it's been a gradual process of change for me. I finally figured out that one of the reasons I was so heavy is because of the messages I was giving myself. Some of the most harmful were, I like the feeling of being full. It made me feel secure and comfortable. The problem with that is that in order to feel full all the time, you have to eat every couple of hours, which is not good for you. Another one was related to exercise. I hate working out and I hate getting hot and sweaty. And I told myself those things a lot, like all the time. So I finally realized that even though these messages were true, they were not at all helpful. I knew that, that I had to change them, but I really wasn't sure what to say instead. I knew that for the exercise one, I really would not be able to say with a straight face, ooh, I love working out, I love getting hot and sweaty, because I knew I would laugh hysterically and that would be the end of it. So I had to come up with something that was true, but would also help me start moving in a different direction, a healthier direction. So for exercising, what I came up with was, I love how I feel after I work out. And another one that I came up with was, I love what exercise does to my body. Those were true. I could say those and, and that was okay. 
Then as far as the, I like to feel full all the time, I wrote down, when I eat too much, I feel bloated, sluggish, and tired. When I eat healthy foods in smaller amounts, I feel energized and strong. And I have said these and several other thought optimizers, that's a term that I trademarked to myself thousands of times over the past few years, and it really has changed how I think, feel, and act. I now exercise every day, several times a day. This morning, I already have to put on my glasses so I can look at my Fitbit and see. I already have 9,777 steps. I jumped on my rebounder, which is a little indoor trampoline, and I went for a walk outside. When I get home at the end of the day, I'll walk my dogs and I will probably run some more on my rebounder. My daily goal is about 17,000 steps. And I usually, I'm usually between 18 and 19,000 steps every day. So I'm pretty active. Um, I run four mornings a week outside, weather permitting. And I also use a, oh, I go to the gym three days a week. I use a Simply Fit board to work on my core. I do that four days a week. And literally, I feel and move better now than I have in the last couple of decades. I eat healthy foods in reasonable amounts, and I really do enjoy my food. I stop eating when I'm full. And ladies, this was a really new thought for me. You didn't stop when you were full. You stopped when the food was gone. didn't matter how you felt. So I really had to reprogram my mind for that one. All of this started with changing my thoughts. So I really do know how important that is. I'm absolutely convinced that words are powerful. They make a huge difference. In fact, for the past few years, I've prayed about and chosen a word of the year for myself and I've used it to help me get where God wants me. And I'll give you a couple of examples. For 2021, my word was forward. That one I think is pretty self-explanatory. And I used it to get myself moving in a better direction and kind of get unstuck. For 2022, after praying about it, I felt that God was giving me the word consistency. And I have to say, I wasn't terribly excited about it, but I was like, okay, fine. Yes, Lord, I know. I need to be more consistent with a lot of things. That'll be my word. So I wrote it down. Well, about five minutes, literally after that, God gave me another word and it was extraordinary. And I was confused. I said, but Lord, you just gave me consistency. Are you changing it? Well, I realized that no, he wasn't changing it. He was adding it. And the sentence that I literally got from him was, when you do things on a consistent basis, you will get extraordinary results. So those became my words and phrases for 2022. So for 2023, I actually have three words. The first two are courage and clarity. And at first I had them in a reverse order. I was saying clarity and then courage. Uh, I have a, a uh, an accountability partner. Her name is Irene Salazar. She's in California. I'm in Texas. We met several years ago, but we talk uh, on the first Monday of the month and just kind of check in with each other, see how we're doing, get prayer requests, all of that. And I had told her this a couple of months ago. I said, my words are clarity and courage because 
I believe that when God gives me clarity, then I'll have courage to act. Well, Irene thought about it for a minute, and then she said, you know, Melissa, I think you've got it backwards. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I think that when you act with courage, then you'll receive clarity. It was like, boom, wow. And I realized, yeah, she's absolutely right. So I switched the order of the words. So I had those two words. Well, then right after I got those two words, I was thinking, wait a minute, a couple of weeks ago, I had a word. God gave me a word. I wrote it down somewhere. I have no idea what the word is. I have no idea where I wrote it down because in between that time, I moved my office. I was like, man, it was a really good word. I need to find that word. So I was really praying about it. Lord, what did I do with that word? I finally found it on a sticky note, stuck to the front of a filing cabinet so I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. Anyway, the word was generosity. And I thought, oh man, this is a good word too. So I I still don't have the sentence totally down, but for 2023, my sentence is going to be something like, when I act with courage, I will receive clarity and I will be able to give back with abundant generosity. It's a work in progress. I'm working on it. So a word of the year is not a magic potion that will fix everything in your life. But if you're feeling stuck, uncertain, or kind of just lacking in motivation, which we all do at times, you might ask God to give you a word for 2023 or give you two or three words sometimes. When you get it, see if there's a Bible verse to support it or a sentence that speaks to you that you can put the words in. Whatever you come up with, I encourage you to write it down on a sticky note or a note card and put it where you can see it often. I have a sticky note with it in my bathroom and one in my office so that I I see my words on a regular basis. Let the word, words, verse, or sentence really embed themselves into your brain for a year. And I think you'll be surprised at the changes that you'll see. And if you're not sure what to choose, I'm going to give you some examples. But you can just do an online search for word of the year ideas for whatever year it happens to be while you're listening to this, because that's what I did. So here are some good ones that I like. Abundance. That was my word several years back. I remember that. Balance. Boy, that's a good one. Belief. Sometimes it's just that simple. Celebrate. I saw somebody who had this word, and I thought, man, that's a great word to have for your year. Compassion. Wow. That's a good one, too. Fitness. If you are trying to get healthier, fitness might be a really good word for you. Fun. I love that one. I think most of us do not have enough fun in our lives. And another one is intentional. I love that. I think a lot of times we are not nearly as intentional as we should be. So, I encourage you, if you've never done this before, I'm recording this right now. It is December 6th, I think, uh, 2022. And so 2023 is coming up. I will be posting these podcasts towards the end of December. I want to get four or five all together so I can have a bunch of them. But I really do encourage you, even if it's past the first of the year, it doesn't matter. When I first started doing this, It was several years ago, and I think I did it like my first one in August or something. That's fine. So pick a word or two or three and have those for you. Okay. So one of the reasons, ladies, that I, one of the main reasons that I believe God has called me 
to do this podcast is to be a source of encouragement to all of you. Life is hard. Am I the only one who feels that way? Life can be hard. My mom was one of the world's best encouragers. It just flowed naturally from her. I'm not at her level, but I am working at it. And my mom was just an all-around amazing woman anyway. We've, we lost her about 11 years ago. And just a little side note, um, she was from California, loved the beach, and her name was Barbara Ann. So when we were growing up, we told all our friends that she was the Barbara Ann that the Beach Boys wrote the song for. Probably not true, but it gave us a little you know, status with our friends. Anyway, she was an amazing encourager. Oh, and one of the things that she used to do, this was before Post-it notes, she would write us little uh, notes of encouragement on like note cards or little pieces of paper, and she would tape it to uh, the doorframe on our room, and we would just leave them there. So our friends would come over, and they'd stop in front of our door and start reading all these notes and say, who wrote these? And we'd say, our mom. And we just figured everyone's mom did that, but we found out that was not true. But that was that was the beginning. She was just really good. So my prayer is that my words will be affirming, encouraging, and motivating and will help you move forward and become the amazing woman that God created you to be. In Waco, Texas, uh, where I've lived for the past eight years, I love it. And I really do believe that this is exactly where God wants me to be. So I am very happy to be here. And one of the things that I've decided to do in my podcast to kind of give back to my new hometown is in every episode include some type of fun, interesting, or unexpected fact about Waco that you guys may not know. So I'm a big fan of going outside. I love fresh air, natural light. And one really great way to do that is to play a game of disc golf. I didn't know this until I started researching it, but Waco ranks as the 14th best disc golf, that's hard to say, destination in Texas. The greater Waco area has 32 disc golf courses. Two of them have 18 or more holes. There are 13 leagues. I've seen them playing and they take it seriously. And there are two stores that sell disc golf wear. So, you know, come to Texas and play some disc golf. My son loves the game. And when I first heard about it, I kept saying discus golf. And he's like, mom, no, it's disc golf. Anyway, so that is my fun fact for, um, for, for Waco for this episode. And for a lot of you, this is probably not a typical activity, but it's a great way to have fun with your family and be outside. So you might want to come to Waco and give it a try. Okay, this concludes the first episode of Taking Care of Your Temple. Pretty sure that my next episode is going to be about stress because stress underlies everything. So my hope and my prayer is that that has been helpful to you and that you'll come back for more next time. I am Dr. Melissa Rich. God is richly blessing me. Look around and you'll see that he is blessing you too. <laughs>